Hello listeners, today's episode is for everyone. Tune in as I get a chance to talk to Christina Conway, who takes us through her amazing artwork, and she tells us all about her experience and journey in dealing with her medium of paint. She creates these amazing, beautiful 3D images. But that's not all she's known for, and that's not all she does. So tune in and check it out. Welcome to IPA Sessions. Welcome to IPA Sessions. I'm your host, Kay Jacob. We got a special guest today, a real independent artist, an actual artiste, Miss Christina Conway. She is an artist and she is local here to the Los Angeles, California area. Christina, say hi. Hi, everybody. Christina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I'm an artist living and working in Los Angeles. Also work as a location manager in film and TV, which is how we met. That's right. This is technically one of my mini bosses <laughs> that I that I go through on the job. Uh, I also have, I've raised a family of two kids that are now 20 and 18, which sounds bananas. And we lived mostly in Venice Beach while we did that. Oh, wow. So you're not only a hard worker, you're a hardworking mom, and you're trying to do the independent art style on the side as well. Is this something that you really enjoy as a hobby or is this something you're trying to pursue as part of a career path too? Is there any financial gain that you can try and get from this? Well, I mean, you know, the art world is pretty bananas, but it's been increasing and increasing, I mean, in dollars for a lot of people, but also in scope and reachability. And, you know, a huge factor in that is things like Instagram, which I'm pretty active on for my work, which has led me to getting two solo shows this year. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was really psyched about that. One in Santa Monica and one in Silver Lake. And um, I almost sold out the show that I just had in Silver Lake. So wow, nice. You know, to be fair with all the money, if I really like tally it up, I'm I'm not in the black. (laughs) (laughs) Materials and, you know, time spent you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'm not a profitable artist, but I'm a selling artist. So, hey. <laughs> Balance out at least, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so for me, but being a mom is a huge part in my artistic timeline because I really, I really took a pause in actively practicing my art when my kids were young, you know, and contributing factors to that were work, you know, our film work is crazy and insane hours. Yeah, yeah, really crazy hours, uh, which my husband's also a location manager. And then he's also an entrepreneur. So he would have, you know, I put a lot of my energy into his projects kind of early on as well. And mine were sort of backseat to that. So the a lot of the art that I was doing at that time was like another mom and I in Venice had um, a little kids art class where we sort of like exposed Aww. them to the masters, you know, like Pollock, that's really easy for kids, um, where we show some like videos of them working, show them some art books, and then give them the materials and put down huge tarps, you know? (laughs) I love that. No, you're, you're being, uh, encouraging and inspirational to, uh, children. I love that. It's part of my show is, is 
providing inspiration. So that's great. Yeah. And we actually ended up having um, a show for their works at the end at a local coffee shop. Oh, that's cool. And so it was like, you know, I was always doing stuff, but um, not really actively pursuing my like daily work and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to say in my work. It was more just like kind of keeping my hands on materials, you know, making notes for future projects. Like it was like, oh, when I get the time, you know, and honestly, I, I kind of regret that. Um, and I tell new moms and dads now to really make sure you're taking the time to pursue your things. Cause I think it's also, um, you know, your passions or whatever they are. I think it's a really good example to your kids to see you doing that as well. No, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a struggle from a lot of people with time and finances, but just, you know, it's important to take care of yourself. And I, I didn't do that enough. I really think. Well, and, and that's part of the reason why I bring up, uh, I like to ask some of my, my guests about the financing of it is that, you know, a lot of us independent artists, when we're trying to start a career, um, you do put in a lot more work and money yourself than you get back. But if you're passionate and you stick to it, eventually things start to pay off. Uh, like for you, ex- for example, you just said that your last show, you, you know, practically sold it out, which is great, especially considering that, you know, you've been coming back into this. Um, we came out of a pandemic, things are opening up. So it's good to see that there's, you know, you're breathing life back into your work, which is good. And that it's, you know, having a payoff for you. Um, I kind of want to go through a little bit about your art now. I want to, I want you to take us through your process. You know, what's your prep and you know, how does it, how, how time consuming can it be? Uh, and exactly what is your style? Uh, and for those of you who are listening, um, you can follow Christina on Instagram to see a lot of her artwork. It's Christina Conway art. That's exactly right. Christina CH, Christina Conway art at Instagram. There it is. Yeah. I'll have links in the show notes. Don't worry. (laughs) I, um, it can be super time consuming, actually, which is another trick, because right now I've been, you know, the past couple of years, I, I used to do work mostly, um, I want to say acrylics, but honestly, a lot of times it was house paint, because you can get, um, here's a tip, at Home Depot, there's a lot of times big cans of house paint that somebody has asked for and then never came and picked up. So there's little like test ones for like 50 cents and then a huge oh, wow. big can for like five or $10. <laughs> hey, look at that. Saving money already. <laughs> I love working it. Working on a large scale, that can really cover some, some uh, cool. space for you. But um, yeah, so I did work a lot in house paint. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But, um, I've gone on to, you know, I saw some people, I don't know, I think Pinterest or Instagram. I'm always like deep diving in those dumb uh, places. Uh, I saw some people messing around with epoxy resin and a lot of it, I don't want to poop on anybody's thing, but a lot of it's a little bit corny and repetitive. I just thought there was a lot more that could be done with that material. And I liked what people were doing where they were tinting the epoxy resin, but a lot of them were doing sort of pores where it was, uh, you know, sort of like psychedelic, free flowing things, um, which kind of abstract. Yeah, very abstract, really, really pretty, but um, kind of repetitive for me personally. And I just wanted to explore more of a variety in that. So what I've done is is sort of made, um, I don't pour it all together. I pour each layer individually so that it kind of builds on top of itself and it gives it more of a sculptural feel, even though I'm working on a flat surface of a board. Oh, nice. Like a 3D effect. Yeah, it does. So it, you get really hard to photograph a lot of times, but... Um, 
it sort of layers and I like how it kind of like reaches out and reaches in. And then I love the surface of epoxy resin. It's so shiny and touchable because I'm making it and I make the rules. I say, go ahead and touch it. Um, <laughs> I've always hated that. And, you know, I understand we can't have everybody's, you know, oily fingers on artwork or it would be destroyed over time. Well, and some, some art, depending on the material you use can be ruined by the oil and grease and fingers. I, I get that. Yeah. You know, and the cool thing about the, you know, the art world, like you said, is you don't always want something repetitive. I mean, part of being creative is doing something new and, and trying to make even more, um, bring something, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I can't really think of anything else but new. Just something more creative and new when you're dealing with art because you don't want to become repetitive because you can find yourself in that position too. Like It seems like maybe even you yourself felt like you were going through that and then you found ways to become inventive. And that's the word I'm looking for, inventive. Well, and I think you know what I was seeing people doing with this particular material with the resin was more like craft show art, mm-hmm. right? And I just – that's fantastic. I just really wanted to explore something more meaningful to me. So my first series was um, a lot of a variety of flesh tones layered on each other. And because I am now almost 50, uh, it was sort of dealing with our changing shapes. And it was really, it was a really female perspective. So I had like layering images of sort of body shapes over each other to show like where we go with ourselves oh, cool. yeah. and how that scene. Um, some people thought they were a little sexy. That's okay. Some people thought they were very mothering. I had a lot of different responses, which was interesting. It's kind of what you want though, right? <laughs> yeah. Some people were saying like, oh, it looks like melted. You know, it looks like sexy. It looks fleshy. I'm like, yes, yes. It looks like all that stuff, whatever you want it to look like. It's your interpretation. Yeah. But it all sounds positive too. That's what's great is you're not getting any negativeness from it. I'm sure you do occasionally, but. I, um, here's another thing too. So I didn't go to art school. You know, I'm self-taught. Both of my parents were artists, but they were factory workers. So it's like a very like blue collar, do it yourself. You know, it was always important for them both to be practicing their art, whether my, my father played drums, he drew, and he was a photographer. My mom was incredibly gifted with all fabric arts, as well as a seamstress. She also paints and would make a lot of, um, she's made everything in our house, basically, you know, from Christmas ornaments to our clothes. I mean, it was in the house, you know, my brother was a really great artist. He drew, you know, a lot of comic type, um, comic books, style things, but he was, he was super good. You inherited a lot of natural talent. I think so. My parents even moved, you know, when they bought their house, they were really young hippie parents. And when they bought their house, they, they got a smaller house in a district that had a, a, a school district that had a great arts program specifically. Um, Cause that was important to them. That's led to, you know, me always, always finding a way to, um, you know, have an artistic outlet I like I think, that. watching them. Very nice. Um, we were just kind of going through, um, you're just slowly taking us through your process, the, the, the style of your art, um, and just a little bit of a, more of a, a technical walkthrough of kind of what you do. You, you talked about layering it and spreading the paint out to where it kind of stacks and creates a, almost a 3D look. So the technical part, it's tricky. My studio is my garage, which is helpful. I, w- I, I would like to move out and have more space, but the helpful thing about that is keeping it close to home. It allows me to dip in and dip out. Because when I pour a layer of the resin, I have to wait at least 12 hours for that one layer to cure. So each of my pieces can really take a lot of time. And then the other thing that happens is I need a controlled environment because 
things can just stick onto the surface of the resin and then be locked in forever. So like one time I had this, <laughs> I loved what had happened. And I was like, okay, good night, peace. I'll see you in the morning. It's going to be great. And I came back and there was a huge moth stuck to it. <laughs> oh, wow. I was so upset. I had to basically like start from scratch. Oh, it, was, it didn't work out? It didn't look cool with the moth? <laughs> no, it did not. It did not. It was not the right place. But yeah, that's happened a lot. And so I have to kind of like check on it a lot. And, you know, the process is, you know, you mix the resin and you have, I think, like 20 minutes really to to pour and do what you want with it and, and make it go where you'd like it to go. Um, it can be a bit unpredictable, um, especially when you're adding tints and colors to it, because now you're kind of throwing off the chemical balance of the resin mix. Uh, so sometimes it doesn't, it can stay tacky, which is terrible. You want a nice hard surface. And then I have to kind of like pick at it and hit it with the the heat gun to get any bubbles out and take any dust out or a little hair here and there. You know, we have a lot of cats in my house. <laughs> so you never know when one of those is going to come down. But that that part can be, I like it because I'm so focused on that. I mean, I'm, I'll listen to music a lot or sometimes podcasts. Hey. But I'm really focused on the process of it. And it's a nice sort of meditation, right? Like, you know, you really have to be paying attention to what you're doing or it can get messed up. I, I like that you said the word meditation. I was uh, looking at some of your pictures that you have uh, on Instagram of your artwork. And one of the ones I really enjoyed is, I don't know how else to describe it, but it looks like strawberry ice cream. So one of my favorite colors is pink. And this is a uh, very vivid pink picture, but it's so unique because you seem to have multiple layers or different shades of pink with a little bit of a cream color in there. And it looks like this ice cream scoop with like, you know, eight stacks of of ice cream scoops just kind of melt it together. It's a really beautiful painting, but I just, it felt very calm and it just kind of took me to my childhood. I have a kid. So it made me think of like, oh, I got to get ice cream today. (laughs) So I just, I love that feeling that it's, it's so unique to see that it, it looks, you know, like you said, it's hard to take a picture of that 3d look. So it does look like one image, but you can tell that it's layered and has this unique, just kind of almost a wavy effect, Um, but it's very smooth. Like, like, actual cones of ice cream melting. It's really unique. Kind of fluffy too, like if it was cotton candy in a way. I know you do. You want to touch it, right? Yeah. That's what I think about it. The person who purchased that is a DJ that lives in the Hollywood Hills and she put it in her green tiled bathroom and the contrast of the green tiles and that gorgeous pink piece. Oh, I bet it pops. And she thought it was really sexy, actually. She responded in a sexy way to that. But I've also heard people say the ice cream... heard people say oh it looks like spilled makeup and or like these different things i just think it's neat how you found so many shades of pink to use because i was like i didn't know this many shades of pink could exist and it's so cool a lot of mixing color and uh you know trial and error and um <laughs> it is yeah it's funny that you said ice cream somebody else said that specifically but i like the joy the joyful idea that that evokes and to me it was really centered around you know bodies you know, that sort of feeling that was where I was headed with it. I just love, I am still kind of gobsmacked and honored that people are buying this stuff and they want to live with it in their house. It yeah, makes it's me great. so happy and whatever it evokes in them that makes them want to live with my work. I do not care what they interpret it as at all. It just, it thrills me to no end to think that somebody wants that in their home where they live and to live with my art. It just, it's amazing. That's one of the most exciting parts about being an independent artist is when people actually enjoy your work and want to support you and 
purchase that and put it in their house, like you said. I mean, it's it's the payoff. It's it's the real financial gain is that you're gaining the support and that your art is really coming through. And that's amazing. So congratulations on that. I know. Thank you. I mean, I'm not like, I know, isn't it crazy? But to me, it's still wild. Like the show that I just had in Silver Lake, people were talking to me about my pieces and what they saw in them. And sometimes it was so like outside of anything I had imagined. It, it kind of blew my mind. But that's, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard that said that's like once you put your art out into the world, it doesn't belong to you anymore. You know, it's it's whatever people see and whatever they um, need from it. Right. Yeah. Artwork is like an opinion. Everyone's got one. Oh, man, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have opinions about it. Oh, I was going to, that's what it was. I was going to say, I've been fairly lucky in that I haven't had a ton of negative response. I do get critique from people close to me. And I'll say my toughest critic is my daughter, who's 20. And I really respect her eyes. She's a great <laughs> artist herself. And she will just come and tell me exactly what she thinks. I don't necessarily have to agree with her, but she's usually pretty dead on to what may need to be tweaked in it. And um, she's a huge part of my practice, honestly. My husband will sometimes add things too, but I get weirdly grumpy about his input. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the same as the brutal honesty from your daughter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, my son is like, yeah, it's cool. No, he's like, sometimes he'll he'll tell me things that he sees in it too. And I, I love to hear what he thinks as well. But those... The people in my family really, honestly, their input goes a long way. Well, and it sounds like you have a strong support wor- uh, network with your family as well, which is great. I really do. Yeah, they all show up to my shows. They help my husband and will help me like lug all my big pieces around and help me install and um, do stuff like that or, you know, help me cut wood down if I need to sometimes. Oh, and that was something I wanted to ask you too. Uh, what is your canvas? Do you do you use different types of canvas? Um, do you paint on wood or do you paint on a certain type of paper material, a certain canvas sheet? Yeah, with the resin, it has to be some stronger, something stronger than canvas or okay. bow and bend, right? It's too heavy. Uh, it needs that really hard backing of wood or wood panels. You could purchase wood already framed pieces from, you know, art supply stores, or, you know, sometimes I go to Home Depot and just grab a big sheet of wood if I want to do a bigger piece. And, you know, I am uh, thrifty in those ways. (laughs) Got to be inventive. I love it. Thank you for sharing your process with us and telling us a little bit about your artwork. Now we're going to get into some of the fun, tough questions, the aggravating things that you have to deal with sometimes. And the first one is, What's the biggest challenge you had to overcome or maybe you're even still working on it? Yeah, I mean, the I think the biggest, ooh, the biggest. I think the biggest challenge is that I feel like a real outsider in the art world. I don't, I'm still really learning how things work. I didn't go to art school. You know, I didn't have professors and critique classes to um, guide me through, you know, how things are done. I'm really just learning it all myself. A trial and error. yeah. I think that's the most challenging. Well, it's maybe the most intimidating to me, you know, a lot of imposter syndrome. You're not the only artist to say that. I've worked, uh, I've had many yeah. guests on the show and a lot of them feel that way, especially when it comes to musicians, uh, musicians and painters. I've noticed they, they all feel like they have a little bit of imposter syndrome sometimes. Yeah. And, that's and I think especially normal. in the DIY world and when you're self-taught, you know, you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, did I take this from someone else because subconsciously? And it's like, no, it's just just that little bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for? A small bit of insecurity that you just, you work on and you learn to just become stronger through it. Yeah. And the more that I learn, I learn that even a lot of the most well-known artists, 
can, you know, would still have imposter syndrome sometimes and, and go through times of doubt. And I guess you just put it out there and see how it's received. It's really, it, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, especially at this level, it doesn't really matter what an art critique or critic would write or what they would think about it necessarily right now. It's if people are seeing it and they're purchasing it themselves, that's really what matters to me. So I guess that's, you know, what's the other hard question? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them. Yeah. So the, the next question I have for you is just um, what's something unexpected that you had to face? Uh, maybe something you learned in the moment, something completely new that you were, it wasn't on your radar, you weren't expecting it and it, it just happened and you had to learn it. I mean, I, there was so much trial and error with learning how to deal with epoxy resin. I mean, I'd always been just pencils and paint. And this was way out of anything. I, I mean, I had to learn what one you know, what one levels the best, what one stays clear in UV lighting. Some of them can tint yellow and kind of ruin your whole piece. You better wear gloves. You need to have, you need to have a well-ventilated space so you're not poisoning yourself. You know, it's a, all of the stuff dealing with the epoxy was all new to me and I had to learn and there was a ton of trial and error. And a lot of my pieces are, I, I know I said it's layered, but there's like a lot of my pieces have several failed pieces under them. <laughs> you know, where things just went wrong, like a moth flew into it, or, you know, I went too hard with the heat gun and it actually bubbled up and burned the epoxy. I've, you know, I've done a lot of, a lot of learning curve with the, with that material. Yeah, no, that's wild. It, it honestly, to me, it, it sounds like almost everything involved with painting in general is to be unexpected. It, it's something that you just, you find out, you see what happens. You go for it. Yeah, I think so. And especially, you know, you're if you can, when it's just straight painting, you know, you're training your hand, you're literally training yourself to make the marks that you want to make. Um, it seems so simple. You look at something and like, oh, I'm just going to paint that down here and my hand will do exactly what I want it to. It doesn't always work that way. <laughs> <laughs> you could be not, you know, it's just, there's so many things that are not successful and I also had to really learn that mistakes are the greatest gift, right? You learn so much through your mistakes. Hey, as, as Bob Ross says, happy accidents. Yeah. I mean, they don't feel happy at the time. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's sometimes. Um, but those are often the ones that stick the hardest too. And then, you know, I mean, that is the whole process. Like if everything just magically worked out exactly the way you wanted it to, it wouldn't really be any kind of challenge. And oftentimes it's taking, you know, the thought, I mark down notes a lot. I mark it on my phone. I mark them in little, you know, sketchbooks or journals of ideas. And I see something on the street and I'm like, oh, what if I had that color scheme, but it was shaped like this? I try to make those notes. And then to take that problem and solve it in the studio is the challenge, but it's the greatest time. That's the greatest time. You know, like showing the work is terrifying and sweaty and, <laughs> kind of fun also but like just makes oh, you anxious comfortable yeah it's so uncomfortable standing there and talking to people i just it's really hard for me i don't love that part which is funny because you're nine to five you're a location manager and that's all we do is talk to people <laughs> yeah, we chat, but it's about it's all about other stuff right it's not about mm -hmm. me personally yeah i'm going on a whole new um my whole new series is completely inspired by our work. Oh, cool. Because, as you know, we go out and we take photos of our loca potential locations, right? Mm -hmm. So I have- Which we call scouting. We scout the places and then we show them to the directors and they choose what they like. But I have a gazillion photos of 
empty spaces, empty rooms, empty streets, these empty spaces. And early on in my practice, I was using wire to make sort of little skeletal figures um, that I would then embed in the resin. Oh, like little armatures? Yeah. And they were, some of them would be completely inside the, encased inside the resin, like trapped in there. And some you could actually touch and see they were sort of bending outwards and not completely, you know, flush inside the the resin. And people liked those, but I sort of had moved away from it because I got into this whole like body, you know, image series that I was doing. But now I'm taking um, photo transparencies, you know, the see-through like you would have on the overhead as a kid in school. Oh, yeah. Encase those in resin and then layer on these sort of skeletal figures to fill up the spaces. And I'm really into that, but it's it's creating some problems that I'm trying to solve as well. Um, you know, how many layers, how much color, how do I want it to look? I'm trying to build them into sort of these like shadow boxes so they're almost like dioramas. Yeah. So I have a lot of work to do on that, but I'm really excited. That's great. I mean, once again, it's all unexpected and you just learn yeah. in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, totally. I feel like that question is just your every day as an artist. You're just every day. It's unexpected. Yeah. I learned something new that I just don't expect. That's really well, cool. That's what's fun is like by the time I'm showing one series, like the last series I just showed was inspired by the island Catalina, which is right off of Los Angeles. My husband is a sailor. We had a sailboat and when... COVID hit, we went over to Catalina, you know, after some of the restrictions had been taken away, but there is this place called Emerald Bay that has a Boy Scout camp, but of course no Boy Scouts were there because it was still pretty restrictive. And we had some some guests with us and we hung out on the island and it's like with not a ton of people there and, you know, kayaked and snorkeled and hiked and hung out and had bonfire on the beach. And um, it was a really magical time and watching, you know, the mist come and go and the sunsets and the sunrise and uh, spending a lot of time outdoors, you know, more than you may do in your day to day. It's amazing how the pandemic put everyone outside and reconnected yeah. with everything around us where it's like, you know, it's actually really nice out here. <laughs> I never thought to leave my room. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. You appreciate it more. It was fully inspired, you know, it has a ton of, you know, earth and sea and sky tones and then these vibrant, you know, sort of um, sunset and sunrise, you know, splashes of color. Like the perfect mixture of what would you call uh, warm and cool colors? Yeah, well, and some of them are very, you know, sort of like gray when the mists would come in, you know, and there's... And they're a little more, you know, obvious what they are. It's like a landscape or something. But mm-hmm. um, by the time I was showing that, I was already like really thinking about this next series that I'm working on. <laughs> so it's like I'd finished all those. And I was already, you know, when I was working on those, I was already kind of past the sort of like body image ones. So it's like each time I'm showing, I'm already like my brain's already thinking about the next thing I want to work on. I really want to tell everybody about that. So you're standing there talking about this work and I'm like, okay, yeah, this was really fun to do, but you know what? <laughs> I really want to talk about these other things. So it's, I don't know. I guess that's an ongoing process. It just keeps you busy. All right. So this kind of leads me into my next question here, which is um, what's a hard reality you've had to deal with and accept something discouraging that you pushed through or resolved, or maybe it's still a part of something you're dealing with right now. Yeah, I think The biggest thing for me is, you know, like you were saying, we're self-funded oftentimes as independent artists, and I certainly am. And that's, that's a challenge in finding the space and the time. I'm like, really finding my space was a thing. Like when we moved into this house six years ago, we had a garage, you know, we have a garage and I have, I feel like I'm both figuratively and literally pushing back to make my space in there. 
because people just dump stuff in the garage, you know, I'm like, no, this is my studio. <laughs> well, this is where boxes go. Yeah. And it just gets like thrown out there. I'm like, disrespectful. But um, <laughs> honestly, really just like pushing back and keeping that space. And like, I really have to battle for it sometimes. And I think in the last couple of years, they've gotten more respectful. And I think the more I show, the more they... I'm, they, I mean, my, the family, you know, sort of respect what I'm doing a little more and like, give me that, you know, they're like, okay, mom. <laughs> All right, you win. Yeah. But that's really a challenge. And, you know, over the years that that was a part of, I really, I like working on a bigger scale and it's a real challenge to find the space when you've got kids and you're, you know, you're on a budget living in Los Angeles, it's expensive. Getting that square footage isn't easy. So a hard reality is, can you do this? Yeah, space. Honestly, it's just like, where can you do this was really the thing. And I really applaud and admire people who fully live the artist life who just like chose from the beginning. I'm living this artist life. You know, I have my day job. I've always had day jobs. You know, I waited tables. I bartended. I did all those things. I got into locations. The people who just have fully dedicated themselves to their art and make that absolutely everything that they do. I, I just think that's so brave, honestly, to just to make that your life and really dedicate yourself to that. It takes a lot. Yeah, it, yeah. it is brave. It's yeah. scary what you do and you step out into it and you just go for it. So moving forward, we, we talked about, you know, the the challenges, the the hard realities, the unexpected, but what is something that you did expect and that you want it from this project, from your artwork? Oh, something I did expect? Well, I... Um, or, you know, just something that you wanted. Like, what did you really want out of this whole process? I really wanted at least one stranger to purchase one of my artworks. And that has happened a bunch. So hey, success. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> you know, like if a friend or relative buys your piece, you're like, mm, are you just trying to be nice to me? <laughs> but a stranger, that's when you know you've made it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what, to me, they don't have a connection to me. They saw a piece of art and put their money down and then took it home. And I assume put it up or live with it somewhere or even gifted it to somebody else. But what, you know, they invested in you. Oh God, that just touches me, my heart so much. It makes me so happy and it's completely validating. So I got that and I just want more of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, and that might answer my next question as well. Maybe it's a two for one answer, but yeah. uh, <laughs> what is your most valuable takeaway that you've learned from this entire experience so far? You know, uh, what is something that, you know, maybe helped you grow and improve as an artist? You know, I do think publicly showing my art was you know, it's risky, right? Mm -hmm. It could be that nobody shows up, nobody buys anything. Some of the biggest artists that are considered masters, you know, their first solo shows sold literally nothing at all. So that, that doesn't necessarily mean your art is not valuable to somebody else. It just means it wasn't the right time for it sometimes for people. But I think it really, I guess, sort of gave me permission to continue, even though I would anyway, in my own mind, right? Right, yeah. Like, Okay. Because my thing was always, I'm just doing this because I feel compelled to do this. I want to play with these materials. I want to see if I can make this thing that's in my mind. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like a validation in a way. Yeah. But then, you know, and it's, uh, I only have so much wall space in my own house, right? So <laughs> <laughs> can only Everybody's hang up so much of your own work. Okay. We need to get this stuff out of here. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, it was just, I think, just really validating in some strange way, you know, like I said, having been self-taught and, you know, DIY and struggling for my space and then show it and be well-received was just fantastic. I think that's a very valuable lesson. That's a great yeah. feeling. Again, it, it validates you. It makes you feel more confident. And now you've already said, you know, you've pushed through to these, you're doing series. You're, you're working on a certain you know, yeah. form of paintings that you're going to be doing as a, a, a group. Like here's some, you know, one, one project with this, this concept. And then you're like halfway through, you're like, Oh, I got another concept I want to work on. And you're not just painting one image. You're painting a bunch. I think that's yeah. really cool. What's your drive? What motivates you, Christina? I don't know where that comes from. To be honest, like I said, there's just always been, you know, dating back from when I was a child that it was almost expected to, um, express yourself somehow artistically. Great parents. I love that. I think it's just, I'm just compelled and I don't know why. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like sometimes it's something that I kind of want to say. Sometimes it's just images I have in my head or I want to try a new material. You know, there's just always something that I want to do artistically. So, you know, like I said, finding the time and the space to do it, make it happen. I actually like that. It sounds to me like expression is what drives you to express yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's honesty. I like that. I think deep down inside, and I, I don't know if every artist feels that way, but I honestly think part of it is fear of death, right? And you want to leave something behind of yourself. And I think at the very base of it, that may be what it is. Because why do you feel the need to put it down in any medium, right? Whether it's film, this podcast, music, writing, whatever it is, why do you really want to do that? Like you want to be seen and heard right now, or like also in the future, you want to kind of leave something of yourself in this world. You want to imprint yourself. I think probably every artist has that at the base of, of what they do. I'd be lying if I didn't say that's part of the reason why I do this. I do want to leave something behind. I do want to put my mark out there. And yeah. for me, it's also about sharing. That's why with this show, I want to present a platform to allow others to put their mark out there too. And it's something that together we can share and know that, hey, we we did something. We did our part. We did our best. And I love that. Yeah. I like that. Did our part and did our best. I like that a lot. Okay. Wrapping this all up, is there any advice or something that you would like to say to anyone looking to do what you do? To any aspiring artists out there, whether they're painters, designers, sculpturers, what good piece of advice could you give them? I think it's the things I've already said is like, make sure, you know, fight for the space to do your work. Make sure you make the time for yourself and the space. And I think finding mentors is excellent. I've found some of those, you know, either online and, you know, a few friends and then just, you know, learning everything I possibly can. Yep, guidance never hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And being open to that, you know, look at critiques and decide what you think about them, right? Like mostly critiques are opinions. Yeah. It's always good to to listen. I um, I do this podcast, but I, I try and write on the side. And when I have friends give me feedback, I love hearing it, especially yeah. when my friends are being honest enough to tell me something they don't like. I listen to that. I may not want to hear it, no, yeah. <laughs> but I absolutely listen to it because when I go into my next session or when I go into my editing, whatever it is that they mention, I think on that and I go, well, how can I improve this? If this is something that they're saying and it's just one person telling me this, there's a chance that the others listening might think the same. Yeah, exactly. And it's always good to listen 
and and hear it, even if you don't want to, especially if you don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to be open to criticism, but that doesn't mean that you should just automatically accept and and believe that what they're saying is true. Like you said, it's an opinion. And it doesn't yeah. hurt to think on that. It can only make you better at developing your skills. I agree. And it's nice to get, you know, those outside opinions when a lot of this work can be so solitary. Mm-hmm. And you can get to in your own head or in your own thing where you're not, you know, you need to like step back and see a bigger, a bigger vision sometimes. Even if you're expressing something deeply personal, there may be tweaks that you need to actually deliver that message, right? In a better way. So it is good to to hear that. I do have my brutal critic, my daughter. And she- <laughs> the best one. <laughs> I really appreciate it, though. It's great to know, you know, there's somebody like that who doesn't intend any harm at all, but is just super honest. That's amazing to have. No, I love that. That's good. Because, you know, in the end, they love you, they care about you, and they only want you to be better. Yeah, it's great. It's so good to have. When I was in college, I was actually a writing major, and I kind of switched over into editorial journalism, where I was, I edited on my college paper for a little while. And the the whole process of like editing other people, it's so satisfying, not in a mean way at all, but like, here's how this can be better. And you can deliver your message in a more clear way, right? Right. So I really, I like that process. So it's, it's the only way to grow really is to learn from these things, good or bad. <laughs> and I think we learn the most too, whenever we're feeling at our worst about something oh, and God. we really open up and listen to it and finally accept that, Hey, okay, this could have been better. And instead of beating yourself up about it, you move forward at, all right, now, how do I make it better? And I think a lot of times the feedback I get when somebody's saying something, it's like in the back of my mind, I also knew that. <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? You're like, I didn't need your validation for what I was already thinking. <laughs> well, no, like if there's a if there's a sort of a something that could be better and changed better, I, I kind of already knew that, but I was like, oh, okay, fine. Like I was almost being generally it's like I was almost being lazy about it, right? Like I didn't want to go and fix it. It's like consensus says. <laughs> the general <laughs> consensus says, all right, we agree on this. Great. Now I have to do something about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your journey with us and your experience and all of this. Congratulations again on your last art show. I know as of right now, there is nothing in particular happening at the moment. Um, We're recording this a little early. Yeah, I do have, we do. I have a, um, a zine that I kind of started with my daughter and my son's girlfriend because they have a lot of art and photos and writing that they wanted to put out. And so we were taking submission that's called Nipples zine zine and what is zine exactly that's new to me a zine it's kind of it came from like you know the riot girl 90s time uh punk rock when people would just do like photocopy little magazines that they would hand out and do themselves very diy most of our local libraries have a zine collection which is kind of amazing it's it's still going strong so we're sort of working on that too and um we're going to put out the first issue Okay. Probably February it'll be out. Yeah. And will that be like a digital subscription somebody can sign up through email or something with, or would it be? There will be physical forms, and there's an Instagram. It's called Nipples Gallery. That's the Instagram for that, and you can find it. (laughs) Yeah, it's for anybody with nipples. That's everyone, I believe. (laughs) That's fantastic. 
Well, <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your journey and your experience in the art world with us. Uh, I've learned a lot and I think it's fascinating your style that you do. Like I said, I, I love the sexy ice cream. I thought it was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is uh, this is your moment now. You've been speaking this whole time and now I'm giving you the floor once again to say whatever you'd like to say put yourself out there. Please tell us how others can follow you, how we can find you. And of course, as this episode gets closer to date, any art shows coming up, I will be happy to promote and all links and information will be in our show notes, but go ahead and put yourself out there, please. Oh man. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. And um, yeah, if you just look at Christina Conway Art, you can get any kind of updates on shows there. You can also contact me to purchase any of the pieces that you see. Um, and then I have the Nipple Zine coming out with the kids. That's at Nipples Gallery on Instagram. I think that's going to be really cool. People are going to enjoy that. It sounds cool. Yeah. That's I got it. nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> oh, that's all I'm thinking of now. Sorry. <laughs> it's, fun, but it's a fun word to say. It is. It's like it's like teaching your kids how to say butthole. It's fun. <laughs> I think it's gonna be good. All right. Thank you, Christina. Uh, to all my listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you found some inspiration for a practical application when it comes to art, when it comes to painting. And as Christina said, when you're doing this, just expect everything to be unexpected because that's how it goes. As always, guys, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay golden. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate and review and click that subscribe button for new bi-weekly episodes. As always, the theme music is provided by The Erica Page. Follow us on social media at IPA Sessions Podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now we have a TikTok and YouTube. All information and links are in the show notes. So show some love and support for these amazing indie artists. And if you'd like to come on and share your journey as an independent artist, reach out to me via email at ipasessionspodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, I hope you found some inspirations for practical application and entertainment.